Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. A year before this was recorded, Simon Smith was refereeing a game where a player hit him. As a result of the injuries, he stutters. This means during this recording, there'll be times when he won't answer straight away or we find ourselves interrupting each other. This doesn't take away from what is an incredible story and plenty to learn about how rugby can be a very positive place for people to be. And Simon embodies this. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm the guy that got slotted a year ago because I lost, I wouldn't say I lost the team, I lost a couple of players and I went through my usual processes. I don't want to call them processes, what felt instinctively right in the moment and that didn't work and I got I got slotted. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Simon Smith, a referee and referee coach for the last 29 years. Focusing on resilience to be a referee, we're going to cut to the root on how you can control a game when the teams are not invested in fair play. Before we start, I'm delighted that Simon has agreed to join us. He was attacked while refereeing, and the injuries mean that he sometimes may stutter. That doesn't mean I won't be asking tough questions, though. So, Simon, are you ready for the knife? Right. Are some referees too precious about making mistakes? The good ones aren't. Some are. There's such a large number of referees by by default. Some of them will be, but I think I, I think. Being precious about making mistakes can go one or two, can be interpreted a couple of ways. The better referees understand they make mistakes, and I think the good ones will fess up. You know, I, I blew an advantage call, should have let it play longer. I didn't see what you saw. I may have made a mistake, and they'll they'll own it in the moment and put it in self reflection. So when you say own it in a moment. Let's say that you yeah. you made a mistake. I mean, advantage is one of the ones which is definitely a grey area. You you maybe run it for two or three phases. You call advantage over just as someone actually gains an advantage. You would say sorry. Sorry, call that soon. My fault. Blew it. I mean, the, the vocabulary would change, but the general sentiment is the same. That I know I've made a mistake. They obviously know I've made a mistake. You gain nothing by trying to hide it. And I think you gain everything by saying, yeah, that one's on me. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say that advantage is one of those ones, because it is a grey area, players will then understand, okay, I can sort of see that. But that's they won't be, that one or two mistakes of advantage not played fully through won't be the ones which are going to irk them at the end. They're going to be saying, referee, you didn't pick them up on all those high tackles. Now. You, how are you going to react to that? Because that's the sort of thing where teams get really angry. They'll get frustrated by advantage, but they'll get angry about that. Yeah, I mean, I think 
to, to a degree, depends how it's brought up and where it's brought up. Some We're not debating that on the field. The game's going ahead. I'll, I'll apply my judgment consistently. If we're off the field afterwards, and if you're lucky enough to have a clubhouse, or just standing around having a beer as we do at the Oval, and somebody comes up and says, look, I need to talk to you about, I think you misapplied tackles. You, you got the standard wrong. The first thing I want to do is listen. We go, yeah, right, okay. Tell me what you you think you saw. And I think the the best piece of guidance I I got in that particular area, growing up as a referee, was I understand how you think you've seen it. Let me tell you how I saw it. Because all, all I all I can be is honest about this is what I saw. And as you know in rugby, two people, different angles may see com- completely different things. If they, you know, if there's a video, I see the video and I've got it wrong, I'm going to say I got it wrong. You, you, there's no point trying to hide egregious errors, but I think there's a lot of room for a conversation on, okay, here's how I saw them. Here's why I didn't blow them. You may think that was dangerous and merited a yellow card. I'm going to tell you, I thought I saw movement downwards. I saw mitigation factors. It was not, in my opinion, yellow. And we're either going to agree to disagree respectfully like adults mm. or we're going to keep disagreeing or, you know, the, the conversation evolves from that. But I think the the good referees will be prepared to engage in the conversation. Yeah. So that's after and, the game. And, and, and explain. And exp- yeah. And that, that's after the, the game. And I think that's very good advice on how we should deal with that if we're the referee. And from the coach's point of view, they've got to understand that the referee can only see what they can see. Now, the more problems come within the game where the the heat's on. Because 20 minutes into the game, the referee is not making the decisions that you feel are being should be made. And you are thinking that the other team's not playing fair. They are doing things like in your opinion, coming offside or preventing fair play at the ruck, not rolling away. How do you start dealing with that? Because initially the captain might start in a polite fashion, but you can, they'll probably start via their team becoming more agitated. So how do you control that? I mean, it, I shouldn't say it's easier because it's not easier, but with more experience, you have more tools in your toolkit. Okay. You can explain what those tools are then. So an experienced referee can feel the can feel the temperature starting to rise. Players will start to mutter. There may be more appeals for decisions. You can nip it in the bud there, having a quick word with the captain, having a word down, you know, down time balls miles away, line out or whatever. I can hear the temperatures are starting to rise. Is this something we need to talk about, or can we just get a grip on this? Because I want to keep everybody on the field. If there's a big Expostulation, for want of a better word, either from a player or from the captain. You know, stop the clock, let's have a chat, and let's agree what we can agree on, and then the stuff that we're just going to have to park. And I, I occasionally, with, cat, with captains, you know, before the game, we'll, we'll just explain, look, I'm happy to explain my decisions. I'm not going to be debated on the field. And I'm not going to be argued or told what I'm missing on the field. That's just a path to ruin for everybody. But if my decision making is unclear. Sorry, sorry, just a moment, just a moment. Just, so just going back. I, I understand every part up until what are you missing? Because I would have thought a captain might say, 
referee, would you mind looking a bit more at the scrum? Because I think you're missing that or the offsides. That's that's different to be told. You're not giving you're not giving X right. decision type at all. You know, it's the equivalent of you're blind. You can't see all their high tackles. Yeah. Can you look at their tight heads binding? I'll keep my eyes open. Mm. Can you? You know, we think the tackles are rising a bit high. I'll keep an eye on it. I've mm. got a, you know, my tolerance for for high tackles. I mean. Bluntly and transparently, Dan, referees, good referees will not try and let themselves get backed into a corner or talked into a decision by a captain. Cap- the captain needs to know he's been heard. And I do mean it when I say, I've heard you, and I'll keep an eye on it. I genuinely mean to him. I hear the point you're making. I will keep an eye on it, and I will deal with it accordingly. But I'm not letting either captain believe they can walk me into a decision-making pattern just by telling me, can you look at? Because the minute I do that with red, not not to pick on red in Alice Springs, I'm, I'm running out of colours. <laughs> if Grey Captain says, can you look at this? Implicitly what you're saying is Gold Captain can come up and say, can you have a look at that? And and now we've started, now the scheme of control is starting to slip mm. and the captains are going to start thinking they can guide you around. Mm. So the, the sincere answer is, I hear you. And if I see it, I'll deal with it. Mm. But I'm not going to go hunting stuff just because you pointed it out. I mean, you, you've got a lot of experience in rugby, Dan. God forbid a captain would say, could you look at their tight head? Because when you go around that side, my tight head's going to start creating yeah. merry hell on their lip. Be... Yeah. You know, I mean, but I, I'm open to open to conversation. Yeah. I'll explain what I've seen. So let's let's... Take, let, let's move away from high tackles. Let's look at, I just pinged blue seven for coming in at the side. I'll explain to the cat, you know, I'll explain to the captain. He's joined from in front of the back foot and he's coming at an angle. And that's why I penalised him. What we're not going to start getting into the debate of is he didn't come in from the side at all. Yeah. I've made my decision. We're moving on. And I, okay. So the and referees and, uh... Myself refereeing as well, not uh, not as much as you will know that you've seen it, and it's a blink of an eye. But you know, in your own, in your in your heart of hearts, it's wrong, or you know it looks like it's wrong, and you make the decision. Now that's seven, and yeah. most sevens are like this. And any seven who's watching who says they're not competitive will, um, we know that they're a liar. They will may turn around to you and they may gesticulate, or they may say to you, "You've made a mistake." Now we both also know that. As soon as someone says that, we immediately, or most of us immediately think, did I make a mistake? And it could be that you suddenly think, I probably have. How do you deal with those sorts of situations mm. where in you, you, you know, your, your sort of chest lifts up inside you internally and you, your brain starts to think, did I get that right or did I get that wrong? Because that's a natural reaction unless you are an I, ice I, man. I don't think I'm an ice. I don't think I'm an ice man, but I've tended to find my moments of self doubt have come from when I've actually questioned my own decisions, yeah. not because of something a, a, a player's ever raised. Okay, so let's me. say I, let's say let's let's take that uh, take the player away, and you've made a decision, and whether they've questioned it or not, you are not sure in your own mind, and we all know that there are going to be a number of decisions in the game. Because they're just on the, the, the flash of the moment. You don't yeah, have yeah. someone in your ear telling you. 
and you think you've made a mistake. How do you deal with that? Oh, look, I mean, to a degree, then it's a little, it's a little easier said than done. But I, I, I went to a, I went to a referee society meeting when I was still, still back in the states, and uh, it was, it was a phrase that Craig Juber used to use used to use about the, I can't remember the exact phraseology, but it's essentially the decisions don't move on. It's, it, it's about what's happening next. You can revisit this and any referee that's done three hour drives in, in the pouring rain coming back from this understands the agony of re, of replaying the things that came up and could I've done this better? Or did I get that one right? But that's a very different self-reflection and self-questioning from in the moment on the field. And I, I you know, I, I say this with close to 30 years experience. I very, very rarely let players or coaches put the doubt in my head. And I work really hard to park it until I can get to half time, full time. Uh, OK, I've got chance to draw breath and actually think about it. But it's not yeah, so, going to influence so the, the key thing there is just the next in your mind is you've got to say, move on. I've got to concentrate on the, on the next decision. Now, what's going to happen what's, is that some, sometimes the, the teams are going to be, are going to listen to you to a certain extent. They're going to question a few decisions, that sort of thing. But there's, there's always going to be a group of players, a team. Normally it's not, it's not a team, but it's a group of players within a team who are going to start to really not, as I said, invest in playing the game of rugby and they're going to be turning to you as the problem how are you going to start dealing with them because they're not going to necessarily uh take your oh yeah we you know this is what i've seen type line or maybe they do how how are we going to deal with that it's not bluntly it's not the referee's burden to carry alone captains should be captains for a reason i'm happy to I'm happy to chat to players when we've got time or if, or, or, or if the moment is right. But if, I've, if I'm at the point where I'm at risk of losing them, the, conversa- the conversation is going to involve the captain and, look, and, and tell him, I need your help controlling your players and keeping everybody on the field because subtext, I can't control your individual players and I'm going to keep refereeing the way I think is right. I need your help getting their tempers back down. Are are there little hidden referee techniques that you can do to try and let things diffuse? Yeah, we're not going to have long breakdowns. There might there might be a scrummage or two to where they hell I, 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 I you know out of the forwards reduce reduce potential hotspot areas and see if that brings tempers down. Right, so I can just right just you just go through that process again. So what do you mean by you're changing the pace of the game? I think there are significant flashpoints ahead. Somebody's about, somebody's really about to lose it. Mm. I might be quicker to call a ball unplayable at a breakdown right. or really encourage the scrum half to get rid of it in a hurry. Because what I'm wanting to avoid is hothead coming, taking his frustrations on me out on a perfectly innocent opposition player. So, yeah, I mean, not... So you're going to blow the whistle. You're going to blow the whistle perceptively earlier than you would. Uh, A ruck forms. I mean, uh, one of the things that I've been told is that you're trying to or or shorter or longer breakdowns might be shorter. Mm. Long long advantage because it's an eighty yard run. 
yeah. on the far side. Yeah, I might I might let that one breathe a heck of a long time because yeah. everyone's going to be concentrating on 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 running. But what it what it serves to do is refocus them on the playing of the game rather than that decision. That decision. You're trying to find a way of refocusing them on productive playing rather than not. And, and I mean, let, let, let me be transparent, Daniel. So here with, with good ideas, I'm the guy that got s- slotted a year ago because I lost, I wouldn't say I lost the team, I lost a couple of players, went through my usual processes. I don't want to call them processes, what felt instinctively right in the moment, and that didn't work, and I got I got slotted. And so I, I it, replay that. So what, 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 went, that what went wrong then? What went wrong to ha- have that happen? And, and when I say what went wrong, I'm not suggesting you went wrong, but what what tipped this player over the edge? I mean, is this something which is... Oh, well, uh, I... No, I... So I, I think for the referees that might be listening to this, clearly nothing ever excuses very bad verbal abuse or physical abuse. Could I have handled... Uh, there was a particular decision, and I'd probably mishandled the communication of the decision. I can't go into too much. Yeah, yeah, no. De- you know, you know, detail. But it was the seven minutes leading up to that. There was a an incident in a breakdown. I didn't see it. My assistant referee didn't see it. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. We didn't see it enough to give the card out mm. that had we gotten a number, somebody, somebody would walk. This player had been on the edge for a while and lost it. And I was with the cat, look, I need your help calming him down. I can't do anything. And he needs to understand that if this persists, he could be the one that walks. He's, he's crossed the acceptable behavior line. And a couple of minutes later, yeah, so something else happened. And this goes a little bit like back back to the thing you asked about self-reflection, re- replaying the things that you you, you replay. Technically, I got the de- – I, I, I could fault check my entire process. Technically, I got the decisions right. Somehow this thing still happened, and I still replay it, and I still replay it for the last seven minutes, not because I've got trauma from it, but what did I do wrong? What would I have done? differently could i have done anything differently to get to a different outcome and depending on the day of the week sometimes i think i could have done and sometimes i'm just like it was baked eight minutes before it happened but yeah right well i mean the Um, thing is that what's what's amazing really from this is that first of all you're still involved in refereeing talking about it and this this is i mean if that if we want to talk about resilience that's it i mean that plays it out I mean, just I've to heard that of... a lot, and I dis- I disagree with it. Okay, and it might right. it might ju- it might it might might, might 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 just be me. I mean, look, one guy had a really bad five minutes. The rest of the rugby community was, by and large, the rest of the Central Australian rugby community was great, supportive. I am unlikely, if I referee another thirty years, to encounter anybody else ever have another bad five minutes. Like that again. I've got 30 years sunk in this. 99.9% of people involved in rugby just want to play the game. I mean, what else am I going to do on Saturday? Watch, watch the NRL. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't, it seems normal to me. It doesn't feel particular yeah. a big thing. 
But, you know, all referee, not all, all come back from injuries, come back from the, the meeting in the clubhouse where a coach lost his temper or the loose said, the, the stories are, are plentiful, plentiful and they still park it and come back next Saturday because that's what you do. You're refereeing. Yeah. It's, it, is, it is a little bit of a state of mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I know that there's um, people, we need to encourage more people to referee across, yes. across the globe. Some of these horror stories are, you know, are scary, but as you say, it happens very, very rarely. Some people do lose their temper. I, the, the thing I'm going to add in at the end is that sometimes the challenge is to not referee a rugby game is to help 30, 35 people actually have an enjoyable experience whilst playing a very highly competitive physical game. And that's, uh, that's a challenge in itself. Yeah, so I know the certainly there are a few safety safety law and enjoyment, but I, you know I, I think we have to acknowledge that the enjoyment factor and how you referee to create the enjoyment factor looks very different at level fifteen or development leagues than it does at level six and level five. Those guys get a lot of their enjoyment from playing hard and winning, and they expect law application to be right and they expect judgment calls to be right as well. Down at level 15, is everybody going to be blowing up every single knock-on or mm. slightly for? I don't, I don't think so because the players want to play and will understand a slight give and take and tolerance in, in, in the application of exactly what is fully forward. So you have to, ref in a sense, you referee the game in front of you rather than referee a game of rugby. It's about the players. Anyway, Simon, it's been it's been brilliant. We're going to stop. We're going to stop there because uh, yep. we've, we've right. covered some fantastic ground and uh, also really delved into some of the the key things that referees can do. So uh, Simon has been refereeing for, as we said, twenty nine years via Hampshire, the States, now in Australia, and. Uh, he actually does a, a real job as well because he works in HR. His <laughs> philosophy is to enable others to achieve their potential at whatever level that might be. Uh, you can find him uh, on the rugbyreferees.net uh, community on Facebook where uh, he and many others will be very uh, keen to help people out with their refereeing thoughts. Um, it's a great, great community to be part of. So I'm going to finish with some quick fire questions. So uh, we're going to make a guess at your age, but you've been refereeing for 29 years. So how old does that make you? Older older than 50, younger than 55. Right, OK. Uh, what coaching book is by your bedside at the moment? Or book is by your bedside at the moment? I don't. I usually have three or four books on the go at a time. A comic book, a couple of history books, and maybe a, and maybe a fiction. Right now it's Purbeck. On the English Civil War, Guy Waters on the Great Escape. I'm part way through an Avengers comic book, and my fiction is Chris Brookmer. Right. And what coach or teacher are you loving at the moment? I don't have a good answer to that one, to be honest. All right. Okay. Which team, sport, or subject would you love to coach at the moment? Oh, the only one realistically I'm, I'm, I'm even capable of doing is 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 rugby. I don't have I don't have the technical nose to do 
Okay, um, which one would you, if you, if you had had the technical now, which one would you love to be doing if you weren't doing rugby? Then? NRL would be interesting. And I, I like test, I like the puts and takes in test cricket. Yeah. That yeah. that engrosses me when it's when it's on the TV. Yeah. Okay. Who's inspired you most? Yeah, no, I don't I don't tend to find inspiration externally. I tend to find motivation in internally, I think. I mean, I've seen people who I respect I, I respect what they've done and what they've accomplished, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily inspired me in in any way okay so i'm going to go my, off piece from my, my questions here then who yeah. which because uh, we're talking about referees if you had to say a referee you'd like to have been like apart from yourself of course uh who would uh who would that who would that be oh there uh i like different games i think right now probably barnsey he he's tech i mean you don't doubt the technical stuff at that level, but I really like his, I really like his management and communication approach. There's a lot to learn from how he handles players. Okay. And what would you tell your 20 year old self to do more of? Enjoy it a little bit more. I spent the first, spent a large part of the early part of my career really working hard to try to find the promotion because I was in, I was enjoying regular I was enjoying regular steps up and the best referee coach I ever had was a guy called Mike Whitaker in Basingstoke. We were having a chat after a Colts match in a bar and he said, are you enjoying this? And it made me pause for a little bit. He goes, because if you're not enjoying it, you're going to hit a barrier sooner than if you just relax and referee as you want to referee and enjoy it. You'll find your natural level a little bit easier and a little bit better. Stop chasing the thing and and follow the enjoyment and that was uh, that was quite a profound moment for me and it was something I needed to hear at the time. Uh, so yeah, looking back, I tell my in most realms of life, enjoy it a little bit more. Focus on the it, smell the roses. Don't just do it. <laughs> well, Simon, I've certainly enjoyed that and it, very interesting and uh, uh, great to hear your stories and. Um, how you've approached it. So thank you very much for your time. 